welcome to the Video Negative Podcast, the film review show that criticises the chronic, disses the dismal, and puts the most pathetic films of the 90s slash 2018 <laughs> out of pasture. I'm your host, the godfather, Oliver Irwin, and joined as always, my consigliere, Daniel Sarah. Salut. <laughs> Salut. <laughs> And today we're talking about the film that you voted as the worst of 2018. It's, of course, 2018's Gotti. And man, this is the worst film of 2018. I mean, I've not seen a great many films from 2018. So maybe I don't have, you know, a lot of context to make that kind of claim. But Mm -hmm. I would be shocked. I would be shook if there was something... (laughs) worse yeah. than Gotti. Sorry to, you know, come in straight off the bat and tell everybody my feelings. I know we sort of hold our cars close to our chest sometimes, but woo! Yeah. I would stake a claim that this is is the worst film of 2018. I mean, this is like down there with the worst shit I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I was kind of thinking, how bad could it be? It's a mob movie. You said you weren't you weren't that keen on mob movies in the last episode. Yeah, it's just I feel like they're very cliche, more so than a lot of other genre movies. There are obviously notable exceptions. The Godfather's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Goodfellas is fantastic. Casino. Yeah. Most of the Scorsese, Coppola, that kind of New Hollywood era mm-hmm. uh, mob movies. They're all great. But I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of not not a lot of names coming to mind, but there is a lot of shit in that genre too. I feel yeah. like it does lend itself to. A cliche more so than a lot of others. Mm-hmm. It's almost a dead genre now. I can't remember the last time I saw a mob movie. No, I was going to say. Aside from this, of course. Yeah, I, absolutely. This is in 2018. This is an absolute anomaly. <laughs> like <laughs> Guy Ritchie, he was, you know, even he's like, nah. He's doing like Robin Hood now. Yeah, right? can't be bothered with that anymore. It's so, weird, isn't it? But I feel like it's done. Like I feel like that horse has been beaten, and people have just moved on now. Yeah, and they, I mean, this is the nail in the coffin. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, at this point, we would usually take it to the VN peeps, but today, big fat nothing. Silence. <laughs> and, like, I am proud. Like, round of applause yeah. to our listeners for not going to see this movie. I am proud of you. VN peeps with the code of silence there. Goes <laughs> of the Nobody wants to, like, I don't know, put themselves at risk of some Gambino family vengeance. <laughs> Wake up with a horse's head in your bed by admitting that you've seen this film. <laughs> so, yeah, um, with that, Dan, let's take it over to the back of the box. All right, so this is the uh, summary from the DVD. The true story of the most notorious gangster of our generation. Gotti follows infamous crime boss John Gotti, uh, John Travolta in brackets, rising to become the Teflon Don of the Gambino crime family in New York City. Spanning three decades and recounted by his son John Jr., Spencer LaFranco, Gotti examines Gotti's tumultuous life as he and his wife, bring brackets Kelly Preston, attempt to hold the family together amongst tragedy and multiple prison sentences. And then there's a little extra tagline at the bottom that says, A real American godfather. (laughs) <laughs> oh god I mean that's quite bold like you know referencing the godfather yeah. on the back of Gotti's box yeah <laughs> perhaps the greatest film ever made setting some high expectations there absolutely for some low results <laughs> and we would we would be remiss not to mention that of course we have devised a little game for this you coined it in the last episode Bada bingo. Bada bingo. Bada bingo. <laughs> Forget about it. If, you, if you're interested in playing, 
You can go find the card at our Twitter page. Yeah. Twitter.com forward slash video negative. For Absolutely. those of you that don't know, if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> and this, obviously, we're having a bit of fun, you know, we're wrapping up this show, why not? It's a bit more freewheeling, a bit more loose, you know, <laughs> season finale coming up. A couple of highlights, we won't read them all because there's so many, but of course, Salu, it's got to be in there at some point. Well, these are mob movie cliches that we put our heads together, didn't we? Came up with a list of mob movie cliches, mm-hmm. which include... Yeah, Salu, everybody having nicknames, of yep. course. Seen at a strip club. It's got to be. Overt use of um, hand gestures. <laughs> Which, you know, we will, you know, if, you want, if you're interested in playing, I'd say stop the episode now. Go watch this film. Break that code of silence and play along because they come thick and fast. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Of, I had a lot of, this made the, this made the viewing a bit more palatable. It did, for sure. I'm really glad that we came up with this idea because it was one of the only things that kept me sane. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll bring them up. As they come up, and then at the end of the episode, we'll run through how many we got, and you know what didn't come up. I was quite shocked that some things didn't come up, and I said to you, Dan, that if forget about it, oh my god, yeah, doesn't come up, I will Werner Herzog style cook and eat my shoe. Wow, you might be in for a little surprise when you find mm, out. I might be eating my words and my shoe. <laughs> so yeah. Let's roll a trailer. Let me tell you something. New York is the greatest city in the world. My city. I was a kid in these streets, and I made it to the top. I made my bones doing a piece of work for Don Carlo Gambino. Like that, I became a made man. Brad, I'm thinking maybe take a year off. You want to hang out with me? (laughs) Do you know what you're doing to this family? I will build something that nobody can destroy. Salute. Paul Castellano was a fish in the desert. I never respected Paul. You killed the boss's boss. You would bring down hellfire. There is no choice. John's getting too much press. That can't go unchecked. It was meant for you. We've never been under this kind of scrutiny before. What were you saying on the tapes? I said a lot of things that could get a lot of people in trouble. Dad, say the word, I'll go for a cliff for you. You swore to me that you would not bring him into that world. This life of ours is a wonderful life if you can get away with it. Let everybody know. Now everybody comes to me. There we go. That was the trailer for today's film, 2018's Gotti, directed by Kevin Connolly. Do you know who Kevin Connolly is? He, is he, he's in Entourage, isn't he? He is in Entourage, a.k.a. the worst TV show <laughs> in the history of the medium. Wow. I mean, it is. I watched a little bit of it on a plane. I think I was in America at the time, and I was just, like, gobsmacked at how bad this was. Wow. Based on the um, early years of Mark Wahlberg's uh, Hollywood career, ostensibly. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of dude bros going around flashing their cash and getting the girls and wow. living that Hollywood life. And yeah, he plays E in Entourage. Right, okay. um, directed two episodes, and I think that's pretty much it, right? Uh, yeah, I've got his credits up here. <laughs> this is a killer's role. <laughs> so his film credits include Gardener of Eden, whatever that is. Okay. Dear Eleanor. Okay. Whatever that is. And Gotti. Wow. And he also directed a music video by The Game. 
Do you remember him? Yeah, I do. Featuring Neo. Remember oh him? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> 2008 that was. Wow. A real nobody. Mm, a storied career there. <laughs> and the budget for this film was a paltry $10 million. Mm-hmm. I sh- figured it'd be low. It shows. Oh man, it does. Dan, do you want to guess at the box office? I'm I'm thinking I might say less than a million for this. <laughs> let, let, let's go with nine hundred thousand. Not that low, but still four point three million. Okay, that's not super super low like I thought it yeah. was. I thought this would have been a heavy atomic bomb of a movie, but <laughs> well, I'm guessing that's, that's awful. I'm guessing that's worldwide as well. That's really Although, really poor. I don't remember this getting released over here theatrically. I don't either. I have a sneaking suspicion that one of the bigger chain cinemas here showed it for like two weeks or something. I feel like it might have been the one of those films that like snuck into a few multiplexes oh. with like 10 o'clock at night screenings for like three days and then disappeared. <laughs> I don't remember it coming out at all. Uh, let's have a little look through the release schedule. I'm just looking now and it looked like it went straight to DVD over here. Wow. I can't see any cinema release for it. Okay. Uh, in the US, it came out over the summer. Uh, most of the countries, it got a cinema release, but not here. <laughs> wow. Word of mouth spreads fast. So, should we get to it? Alrighty. Alrighty, let's analyse the text in full. John Travolta turns to the camera, breaking the fourth wall like he's in the office. <laughs> Let me tell you something. New York is the greatest fucking city in the world. I mean, boom, less than 10 seconds into this movie, and we've got one ticked off our bad bingo card. Straight away. Now, you hadn't seen this film. I hadn't seen this film, and I hope you're going to bring up something that I was going to bring up here. Possibly, I don't know, but like, I was howling with laughter. I was howling with laughter, because it is such an obvious and predictable opening scene, so much so that I pretty much predicted this scene in the... um, the kind of spiel for it that I did in our last episode. Yeah. Do you want to put a clip in I'm here? I'm going to so put the clip in. <laughs> I would like John Travolta to be walking down Little Italy with his voiceover going, hey, New York, greatest fucking city in the oh world. That's all I want. Amazing. Nostradamus right here. <laughs> Almost word for word. All I think all I said that was different was that it was Little Italy other than the Queensborough Bridge. Mm. My word, I wasn't expecting fourth wall breaking. No, and it's hilarious how he does it too. Like, he kind of turns around like, oh, fancy seeing you weird. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, it goes without saying, horrific accent on Travolta. Oh here. my God, it is awful. This life lends one or two ways dead or in prison. I can't do the accent myself, <laughs> but it's probably not yeah. that much worse. Dead or in jail, I did both. Oof. And by the way, that... that Number two, you can tick off obvious Travolta wig. Oh yeah, one scene down, <laughs> and we've got two, two. off our bad. I mean, he is—he is bald, isn't he? He, he, he is like, now. Just recently, finally, was like, "Yeah, I'm bald," like because he's been wearing wigs for fucking ages. He finally embraced it. He looks pretty good. He does look good. Yeah, should have done it a long time ago. I think for sure. So then we cut to 1999. Mm-hmm. We're in prison. Gotti is in an orange jumpsuit, and he's talking to... We don't know who this is yet. There is a kid that is at the prison that Gotti is is meeting, Mm -hmm. and, like, the title card 1999 has barely left the screen, (laughs) and bam, go to 1973. Like, it is, like, pulled the rug out from underneath me already. I have no idea what's happening. Yeah, and get used to that, Dan. Oh, for sure. Because we are flip-flopping all over timelines and... 
cities and well we're in New York actually but boroughs I should say mm-hmm. so yeah we're in 1973 now Travolta's here well Gotti yeah Gotti's here with Hall of Famer Stacey Keach mm-hmm. I noticed it too Escape from LA mm-hmm. and um, this old Italian stereotype whoever he is <laughs> yes I do and, um, Carlo Gambino something like that something and, like that you know Gotti brings great joy to this old Italian stereotype by saying that He's going to head up the Gambino family to look for some kidnapper. It's like, I mean, they are dropping exposition. They are dropping character names. Yeah. It is so hard to keep up. But I think this guy's son, daughter, I don't know, has been kidnapped. Yeah. And then the kidnappers have maybe killed them? Mm. I don't know. But either way, Gotti is, is heading up a, a crew yeah. to go and find this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought this would be the plot. Right, I did too. Yeah, yeah. I thought this would, you know, and you know, not a bad idea. Whatever, it probably happened. I'm guessing. I, I don't. I don't know anything about Gotti. I don't either. I know that the family were quite involved in the production. And oh. I know that this is apparently based on maybe a book written by Gotti Junior. <laughs> so I guess that it is broadly true. Yeah. But I feel like yeah, I thought that too. I was like, okay, that's getting an interesting setup. Maybe we're seeing a sort of. You know, initiation into this world, his rise through the kind of Gambino ranks. Mm-hmm. This is going to be sort of the journey he takes in order to reach that goal. Yeah. But cut to the next scene, and he's found this guy. No explanation as to how, yeah, or why, or like who this guy actually is, or what he's done. No. You're right. Yeah, we're we're in this like bar now. Gotti's like scoping him out. Two guys come in, posing as cops to try and like, sh- you know, they blew the ruse straight away, didn't they? They go. <laughs> We're, they say something like, we're police, you're coming with us. And then Got, Gotti just ste- steps up and shoots this guy point blank in the face. Yeah. I think this kidnapper sort of calls her bluff. But, I mean, there's not a lot of bluff to call because they basically come in like, Hey, bada bing, we the cops, you coming with us, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, no one's believing that you're the police, yeah. man. Maybe Gotti's like, oh, fuck, well, the cover's blown now, I'll just shoot the guy. <laughs> In front of the barmaid as well. And, like, Gotti just sort of goes like, mm. like, as if to say, you know, he just, like, gives this barmaid, like, a mean-looking face as if to say, like, don't say anything. I like that they've got to get a few wisecracks in as well. There's, like, a boxing match on the TV, and he shoots this guy, turns to the TV, and see whoever getting knocked out. Mm. Um, and he's just like, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, God. Did you tick this off as, as something? Someone getting killed to a popular song of the time? Um, because it sounded like The Who. It did sound like The Who, and I thought that too. And it was like, it was either an ins- I don't really know much Who, so I, it was, what is it? Uh, it sounds like Won't Get Fooled Again. Yeah, yeah, whatever that's I don't was. think it was, but... Um, it sounded like a knockoff version of It did. That, if it wasn't. I mean, we'll probably talk a bit more about the music, mm-hmm. because, and it's at some point later in the episode, because there is some unusual stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, you this. found something great, which I'm glad you did. Yeah, so we might circle back to this mm. uh, Badger Bingo one at some point later on. Yeah. So we cut back to 99 now. This kid that he's talking to is Gotti Jr. Mm-hmm. He's facing jail time, five to seven and a half years. Mm-hmm. And Gotti's like, well, which is it? It's like, <laughs> you don't get to pick and choose. Um, I'll take the five and a half, actually. <laughs> uh, seven doesn't sound too good to me. Like, What? Oh, Dad, it's five years, six months, 23 days, and four hours. That's <laughs> since you were asking. <laughs> Just take the four hours. <laughs> so, yeah, Gotti begs him not to take this this plea deal, mm-hmm. basically, because 
if he does, the law will never be off his back. Yeah, um, he wants to be with his family. Yeah, I mean, he looks like 13, yeah. but apparently he wants to be with his family. <laughs> yeah. I love the 1999 style that this kid had going on, like a fucking entire tub of hair gel on his head, <laughs> spiked up, looking like a fucking cast member of uh, Jersey Shore. Remember that shit? I do remember that. So, 1974 now, we're, oh we're at. Oh my god, this film moves along. Like, it oh. moves, like, around a lot. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't move along. No, no, I used the wrong word there. It does not move along. It moves around. <laughs> yeah, so 1974, Gotti Jr., who we've just seen, mm-hmm. who's like, I don't know, 10 or something in this scene. Did you count this as a childhood flashback? I think this counts. I put, I, I take this one I had a little that. question mark next to it on the Bada Bingo card. Mm-hmm. I, I counted it. Yeah, Gotti Jr. wants to be a cop for Halloween. <laughs> And Gotti's like, ain't no son of mine being a cop. Oh, he does give some sage advice. So he's like, don't act like a cop. Don't talk like a cop. Like, good advice for 2018, I think. Yeah, for sure. So Gotti did. We, we, right, okay, right. <laughs> Is this where he's in prison? But yeah. He does time for something that... Uh, I assume it was the murder of this kidnapper. That would make sense. Maybe. And it's uh, revealed that he gets leave from the prison because he's paid off one of the guards. Oh, is that he's, right? He's um, able to get, quote-unquote, medical leave. Mm. Um, and essentially just continues working for the family on his medical leave. Okay. Did you hear the uh, the fucking Pulp Fiction knockoff during this scene? I did, yeah. It's the Dick Dale, Miserloo Pulp Fiction song, like, sped up or a different pitch. It's horrific! Mm-hmm. I've got to know, by the way, like, 1999 and rewind it to 1974, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. That's a tough job making a 64-year-old John Travolta trying to look, <laughs> trying to look young. Like, the deck's already stacked. <laughs> I mean, you've got to make him look young in 1999, yeah. and then you've got to make him look younger. <laughs> I mean, the makeup and prosthetics department, are, I've got the work out yeah. for them here. And in the old, in the, like, scenes from the 70s, it's the old Steven Seagal, like... <laughs> bucket of black paint on the head yeah. like here you go <laughs> <laughs> boot polish hair for sure I mean this scene where he gets uh, like medical leave from the prison and continues working for the family we see him go and just kill some random person mm. like it's a mob job yeah. and like this is like it that is done like that scene means nothing to the overall story of this oh, yeah. it provides no character development it doesn't tell you anything more about the world of the Gambino family or what they do as a syndicate. Yeah. Like, there are so many things in this film that are just there because they happened mm. with no actual, like, narrative reason for being there. Yeah, he just goes and shoots this guy in the shower. Mm-hmm. I mean, I appreciated the gore. It's quite gory at the start. It which is quite I like. gory at the start. I feel like maybe that was it. It was just like, <laughs> we need the requisite 10 minute violence here. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, though. It, it, it doesn't add anything to the story and. That will become a recurring bugbear that I'm sure we'll both bring up oh, over the course of this film. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, 99 again. <sighs> Guess what, Dan? Gotti still doesn't want his son to accept the plea deal. 1979, though. Oh, my God. 20 years in the past. This way he's in military school. No. Oh, God. Fucking hell. I'm <laughs> I'm no. I think that's a little bit further in the future, Dan. Oh, God. I did tick off overt use of hand gestures with Gotti watching this game of football. Oh, God, yeah. And his team are losing, and he is gesticulating like a madman. I can't believe that we had forgotten this off the Bada Bingo card. Yeah, this like, is one of the last ones. of somebody watching a baseball or football game Ooh. screaming at the TV. That is so obvious. <laughs> and he's in his 
bed in his dressing gown, just like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. How did we not put, oh, on the bingo card? That comes up every scene when someone walks in a room. Oh! But there's, like, there is a succession. There is, like, four or five things that come out, like, around this scene where I was like, can't believe I forgot that. Can't believe I forgot that. Yeah. One of which was Scotty going over to some guy and like slapping him on the back of the neck and yeah. being like, hey, how's your father? <laughs> yeah. Uh, There's loads of stuff we've missed. One of them was like a bit of like mop boxing with a kid on the street. Oh my God. That's great. <laughs> and like, it's the same scene where he talks about like, like, I don't know, like one of the kids is like, hey, you hear the Tully's is closed down? Tully's, Tully's is an institution. <laughs> and the kid's like, oh, like, how are you going to do about it? He's like, oh, I'll, I'll sort it out. Yeah. Don't you be worrying about that. Tully's going to be back. Yeah. Like that kind of, I don't know. <laughs> a character like a, a mob boss, like roaming the yeah. streets, solving like trivial problems. <laughs> I don't know how I didn't put that on an, a bad of An audience, don't you worry about Tony's because it never comes up again. <laughs> of course, it doesn't. I get, is this supposed to just show that he was popular on the street yeah. or something? I don't know. But that's like, that's shown so many times in yeah. this film. I don't know why you needed to have this ridiculous scene in there. Mm-hmm. So. We get a scene of, like, Junior bidding the family farewell. I mean, and like a lot of stuff in this film, isn't really, isn't necessarily explained straight away. I thought he was going to become, like, a Jehovah's Witness or something. Because we cut now to this scene of, like, you know, young, slim men in, like, shitty white polo shirts tucked into, like, khakis. Mm -hmm. And they've all got horrific haircuts. I was like, what's going on here? I mean, that is basically military school. (laughs) Right, well, that's what we find out. Like, he become, he's, he's gone to military school and then he comes back just because he sees his dad on the TV. I think he gets kicked out for fighting with someone and decides he wants to take a year off. Yeah. I think he says, I've decided I want to take a year off. And it's like, no, you've been suspended, mate. <laughs> you don't have a choice. That's like the equivalent of being like, called into a meeting to be fired and being like no I quit I quit no I decided on my terms I love his uh, game plan as well it's like his fucking year out oh what do you do on your gap year oh you know I became a gangster you know I went into business with my pops (laughs) I know it's like God, he's like, you want to hang around with me? And I'm like, he's 20-something he doesn't want to hang around with his dad (laughs) yeah oh Um, by the way mentor-rookie relationship yeah yeah I take that off yeah Maybe it was the the scene with Tony's that you just mentioned, but like, as you are probably now aware, this film is a walking cliche. Mm-hmm. And this bit on the street where like Gotti's with his like mobster chums walking down the street, it's like a parody of The Sopranos or something. It is. It is. It's like one of those like epic movie or date movie I parody just... films. Hey, can we get an actor that looks like Paulie Walnuts and <laughs> fucking whatever they're called in that? The I describe this as like this is like. War, this is does for mob movies what Walk Hard does for like music biopics yeah. or They Came Together does for rom-coms except it doesn't have a sense of humour <laughs> I forgot to be a parody mm. oh man this film is like utterly humourless as well oh it really is yeah yeah uh, I don't know what I prefer someone trying to be funny or just I kind of almost admire it's hard-nosed, straight-facedness. It, I mean, it treats Scotty's story like it's the story of Jesus. Like, it <laughs> yeah. treats it with, like, so much reverence. respect and reverence. That's the perfect word for it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, like, the most important story. Mm. That will be taken to its logical conclusion by the end of this film, though. Yes, it absolutely will. Next scene, we're at a club. Oh, God. I put a, I put a question mark near strip club scene on my card, because it... Eh, 
There's uh, scantily clad women walking around serving drinks. Right, well, it's, it's in... not quite. I I don't think it counts. Oh, really? In on I'm a, not sure. In on a technicality? Ooh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that's fair. It's all right. Okay, it's not. A, it's not a. It's not. It's not a strip club. It's not a strip club. It's not getting ticked off. Okay. I'm sorry, man. So basically, this scene is this film. Sorry, is just made up of a bunch of lads going somewhere, mumbling. You have no idea what's going on because it's zipping around timelines, mm-hmm. and nothing even gets resolved because what they're talking about you don't even get to see happen. No, and there are so many characters in this movie. Yeah, none of which the film makes any effort to kind of develop. No, or like help us kind of relate to. Even Gotti, even Gotti, really. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's these two guys in this nightclub who I guess are like gang members, but Gotti is sort of. I don't know, has a bit of an antagonistic relationship with them. Mm. I think they're in the Gambino family. See, this is a problem. I'm so confused about the relationships between these people. <laughs> but he doesn't like these guys. I think one of them is maybe called Sam or Sammy. Sammy, yeah, Sammy. yeah, yeah. Um, Frankie as well. Of course. Um, <laughs> and Gotti's kind of like, you know, I don't trust anyone who hasn't done time yeah. about this Sammy guy. And, like, this is something that just does not pay off. And I don't think this character even comes back in for, like, another hour, hour mm. and a half now. Mm. But, like... It kind of got me thinking about, you know, like the Godfather had that long 30 minute opening sequence at the the wedding. Mm-hmm. Like that scene kind of establishes all of the central characters and all of the relationships between them and the hierarchy that they have within the Corleone family immediately. And I feel like the film sort of understood that like you need to know that mm. before anything else can happen. Yeah. Whereas this is just like dropping characters in as it goes along. It's not explaining who people are or what the relationship is to Gotti or the Gambino family. It's just like an anonymous row of mobsters. Yeah. And like, I could not keep up. I don't know about you, but I was like, I don't know who Sammy is. I don't know who Frankie is. Which one was this guy again? Mm. Was he one of the underbosses? Was he mm. just some like street punk? What? Yeah. What? I don't even know who Stacy Keach is. Because he, he doesn't look vaguely Italian. He, no, I know. I noticed that too. I finally learned his sort of role in the organisation, which is the underboss to right. whoever Gambino. Like, the scene before, spoiler alert, he dies. I was like, oh, finally, I know who he is. Oh, yeah. see you later, <laughs> Stacey Keach. Yeah. Jeez. By the way, the phrase uttered by Gotti as well every time, let me ask you something. Oh, I noticed that It's been too. used like ten times already through this film. He likes to let me ask you something or let me tell you something. Yeah. It's like, that's a recurring <laughs> thing through all of the dialogue. Oh, God, Gotti's starting up with another story. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. You could cut a good, like, three or four minutes out of this movie just by removing those pieces of dialogue. <laughs> I want someone to make a montage. <laughs> it's just him going X, 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 X. <laughs> I ticked this off. There was a character, again, don't know who it was. It was called Vincent. Aww. And we've put characters called Paulie. There was a Paul later on, by there the is, way. Oh, I thought it was a Paulie. I think oh, it's it called Paulie at some point. Okay. I'm ticking off Vincent, Vinny. Mm, yeah. All right, we're ticking that one off. Even if it doesn't count, we get to a we get to a poorly later. And we yeah, if it doesn't count, we do get to a big one here. Salut. <laughs> yes. And the scene ends. Mm. Oh, by the way, just going back to the Master going back class. to the names for like the last I don't know how far we're we into this well, we're into this movie now, maybe twenty like minutes. Twenty minutes. Oh, yeah. Fuck. But like, there's like, hey Frankie, hey Sammy, hey Johnny, and I'm like, come on, we're getting so close. Yeah, I was. I My was... pen was hovering <laughs> over that thing. Like, there's 
gonna be a poorly yeah. anytime soon. I was on tenterhooks waiting for that <laughs> that that Vinny Nicky. Every possible name with like the suffix of the word of e, yeah, is like uttered, but not quite poorly for another like twenty minutes. I and know. I was like, Come on. <laughs> so now nineteen eighty, we're in. One of Gotti's kids gets got by a car, gets run over by a car mm-hmm. because of the driver can't see because of glare, the sun glare. Oh, yeah, he's like oh, the sun was in my eyes. Yeah, good luck trying to convince the court that. Like, <laughs> No one in the right mind would believe that. No. Even if it was true, even if, you know, it is true, but they wouldn't. And fucking hell, they spend like 15 minutes now on these extended scenes of this kid in hospital and and Gotti mourning and the wife mourning. Like, I don't know what her name is. Her name is, just for reference, Victoria. Victoria, okay. Probably Vicky. Yeah. <laughs> Vicky. It's, this is Kelly Preston. This is actually... His wife? Yeah. So, yeah... Gotti's kid Frankie basically dies. Gotti is in the hospital and does that like thing where you like you only ever see it in films where people bite the knuckle after they've seen like a hot woman. You know, they're like, oh <laughs> and, and Gotti does it when he's like pacing the hospital corridors. It's weird, isn't it? It's supposed <sighs> so to like strange. suppress his like pain. There's a bit like like you said, there's an extensive morning sequence. Which yeah. is so grim. So depressing to watch. But there's like a bit where his eldest son I guess it's Scotty Jr. sees him crying and he's like really yeah. vulnerable. And it's like mm. an interesting moment because I was like, it's good that it sort of like humanizes this guy because there's this like stereotype of like mm. mobsters, yeah. other than the Sopranos. Hey, really tough un- guys have got to have feelings too, you know. <laughs> we, like, Sopranos is the only thing that's ever really undermined that and shown that like, yeah. I don't know, there is like a sensitivity under these guys. Mm. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Maybe we're going to start to see a more like humane Gotti now. Maybe we're going to see someone who's sort of questioning his decisions and like i don't know his place in this world nope mm-hmm. yeah has this got any relevance his son dying to anything in this story no nope. nah it's like brushed under and moved on this is like a wiki like a wikipedia page of a movie <laughs> it's just like and this happened and then this happened yeah his son left and his son came back then mm. his son died yeah you just control f gotti on the wikipedia page <laughs> That's what this film is like. It's like pressing enter and you're just going blip, 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 all over the Wikipedia page. Someone's like, this isn't quite dramatic enough. Let's just copy and paste some bits from the bottom, move them near the top. Yeah. Copy and paste some bits from the bottom, move them near the top. We'll switch around the order. Yeah. It's disjointed like that. <laughs> oh, terrible. <laughs> I don't know if you counted this. Maybe you counted it somewhere else later in the film. References to other mob films. Gotti's oh, watching a, a mob film on TV. I didn't notice it. Don't know what it was, but... Oh, I didn't spot it. Yeah. Oh, wow, well, there we go. You know, after you've had a hard day of being a mobster, breaking necks, cashing checks, smacking people in the knees, you just want to curl up on the sofa and watch a mob film. <laughs> just basically watch a film of what you've been doing through the day. Uh, I, I binge watch Mad Men. I have no, I have nothing to say. <laughs> well, that's true. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, hmm. you know, serial killers—they just want to relax, watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the rest of us. Drug dealers coming back from their shift in the pit, putting on some wire, <laughs> watching Fear and Loathing. So the mum, Victoria, we get a ridiculous piece of overacting from her going ballistic cry yelling because her son's dead and it's terrible everything is overacted in this film Mm. and like pretty much that's it for her 
She doesn't have any major scenes. She's just background decoration. She just occasionally comes in and is like, look what you're doing to this family. Mm. Like, <laughs> and then just disappears for a good 15, 20, 30 minutes yeah. and comes back again and is like, ah, oh, look what you're doing to... Yeah, it's just like rinse and repeat. Yeah. <laughs> there is no character arc here. No. Speaking of, you know, no character arc, just like, where is this film going at this point? Mm-hmm. There's just no plot. There's nothing that it's driving towards. I figured that, like, the, the like, hallmark mentor-rookie relationship might be, like, the backbone of this story about, mm. you know, Gotti Sr. introducing Gotti Jr. into this world, which is cliché, but not uninteresting. No. But, like, even that's just swerved. Like, that becomes a B-plot. This movie is just one, like, big B-plot. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, offcuts from the from the script, but they decided to they accidentally film those instead. Awful, awful. So, Junior starts a fight in a bar with his with his friends. This is where I mentioned the short-tempered hot-headed gang. So there okay. is a guy in this crew oh, yeah. who, like, kicks someone to death. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a Goodfellas reference, like kind of like the go home and get your fucking shine box. Scene. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I thought too. Yeah, they just like fight in this bar and it gets trashed. So now we've got to make time for this fucking guy, Angelo Ruggiero, this, the big guy. Mm-hmm. Uncle Ange. Uncle Ange. We get something about these Angelo Ruggiero tapes being released. Which... His daughter's phone was wiretapped by the government. Okay. And... The film makes no attempt to explain what is on these tapes, except for everything. Yeah. (laughs) But apparently they're bad. And I I mean, I really don't know what is going on Mm. at this point. And I thought this was going to be the plot. Yeah. Now, I'd recover the tapes or something. I don't know. Yeah. But it's not. Is that like, someone mentions doing that. I don't know if anyone ever does. There's a big, big, like, dramatic scene where they're like, you know, like... Paulie, who's the boss apparently, wants wants the tapes, and like the underboss, which I think Stacy's uh, Stacy Keach's Stacy Keach's character mm-hmm. is like going to go with him and and recover these tapes. And I was like, is this going to be like a heist movie now? Mm. They're going to break into like the FBI building and get these back. Yeah, and then that's it. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> that lot. <laughs> Thanks for coming. And they mentioned the La Cosa Nostra, which mm. I nearly included. Oh, if the... you had, there is, like, several mentions mm. of that in this movie. Yeah, I mean, basically, so far, it's just a bunch of old men sat in clubhouses, swearing and shouting. Yeah. Not much in the way of a plot. And there's not just... much crime that they're organising, either, <laughs> for a film about an organised crime family. <laughs> I thought you guys were supposed to be organised. <laughs> no, that's just a name. The film also doesn't really recognise when there is something that could become a plot there. I gave the example before of, like, the mentor-rookie relationship. Yeah. But it's also, like, it's a real throwaway reference that Stacey Keach's character has cancer in this scene. <laughs> the room! <laughs> yeah. I just got the test results back. I definitely have cancer. <laughs> oh, my God, it is. <laughs> like, it's, I, I was like, oh, did they say that? I had to rewind it. I was like, oh, so... Uncle Ange, like, a ostensibly important character in this plot, is mm. dying. And that was just, like, thrown away in some piece of dialogue buried that if you, like, blink, you would miss it. Mm. And, like, that could be a storyline right there. <sighs> His character's called Neil, by the way, <laughs> booking the stereotype. 
Hey, Neely. <laughs> Frankie, Sammy, Polly, Vinny, Neil. <laughs> Neil. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, the cancer thing, I don't know, Gotti just went, Hey, man up. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Probably. And <laughs> I got caught. Too insensitive, that. <laughs> so, another club scene here. We get this mobster. I don't know who what his name is. Clues Junior in on how his dad was arrested um, mm-hmm. back in 73, the, the start of the film. Yeah. And get this. Someone tipped off the FBI. <gasps> oh, my God. Who would have thought in a mob movie there who? would be an informant? <laughs> And literally the next scene, this is like the only time they follow on like one scene from the next, <laughs> logically. Yeah. Well, actually, half logically, because Gotti's just suddenly in court. Mm-hmm. We don't know why, don't know what for. Did you not think this was a flashback? No, because because the guy saying, let me tell you how your dad was arrested, mm-hmm. there was an FBI informant. He's the informant in the next scene. <laughs> Fucking idiot. But like, he, st- he stitched himself up. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Like, it, it mentioned this court case that he beat, and then we cut to a court case, and I was like, what, what is this? Are we jumping back again here? Are we jumping forward? I think this is forward. But, but it like, is, It is like, this is just, like, following on. Yeah. But it's just, like, weirdly structured that you would put that after, like, some scene of someone reminiscing about this previous court case. Yeah. So we, yeah, so we don't see, we don't know why he's in court, but anyway. Oh yeah, what's the charge? What did he do? Yeah, that's not explained. No, none none of these court scenes. There's about four more to come. None of them explain like what he's being charged with or what he's on the dock for. My theory is that like the film is so like it holds Gotti in such high regard mm. that they don't want to be like, yeah, he's being charged with murdering someone because <laughs> that might make him look like a bit of a bad guy. Yeah. Whereas the film wants to treat him as this, like... I was going to call him anti-hero, but the film really just hero. treats him as, like, a folk hero. Yeah. Robin Hood or something, this Exactly. Guy. Absolutely. <sighs> so, like, I feel like... I don't know. Maybe they're like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't mention all the murders. <laughs> <laughs> so they just don't, like... It's just like he's in court for some random charge. Unless yeah. you think that, oh, maybe he's just in there for racketeering mm. or one of those things. Mm. I don't know. That's my theory. I have nothing to back that up with. No, well, the Please film... Please don't break my legs if I'm wrong. <laughs> well, the film doesn't. But, I mean, like like we said, the um, the sort of prosecutor says she has it on good authority that this mobster from before that Clue Jr. in is an informant. Mm-hmm. So we can tick that off, Bada Bingo. That was on there. Of course. And he's literally sat next to Gotti, who's just, like, stewing... And I love this guy. He's like, he's like, oh man, if if I don't testify, you, you're gonna let me go, right? Like, no, of course not. <laughs> it's like that episode of um, The Simpsons where it's a sideshow Bob episode where they get that private eye. Who's like, don't worry, I can be very persuasive. Please, <laughs> oh, I'll be your friend. Oh, come on, I won't testify. No, I'll be your friend. No. I mean, I, I refuse to believe that this really happened, unless this predated the witness protection program. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't have the key witness sat next to the defendant. That is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, if it did happen, holy shit, mm. sort out your American justice system. <laughs> but like, I just, no, I, I, no, that cannot have happened. No. Uh, by the way, I was not expecting the informant twist to happen within an hour of this film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really did shoot its load early there. <laughs> um, Another plot, by the way, that's like, 
Whoopsie. That's it, yeah. We just, there's like a passing remark about uh, Vinny had to go away or something. Yeah. So now we're at a block party for some reason. Junior sees a good... Fourth of July. Okay, Fourth of July, right. I don't know why I've mentioned that. It's really not important, is it? Well, all right. (laughs) Junior sees a girl at some... a block Fourth of July block party. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> and he says, he goes up to this girl and says, "I'd hate myself for the rest of my life if I didn't say hello." That's I, the last we see of her, of her until they get married. Yeah, in about forty-five minutes. Yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> here's a here's a verbatim note after this. Holy balls! What's happening? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing is happening. <laughs> and then then he cut to Paulie the boss. He was like, I think he's shutting down and got his crew. And I'm like, yeah, of course he would. He's fucking done nothing. Yeah. He's contributed nothing to this family. <laughs> he's a freeloader. Yeah, we've not seen him do fuck all. I mean, in the midst of, like, Stacey Keach dies. Who cares? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, this is, I, I wrote a note, stroke of bad fucking luck. I find the name of the underboss and he's dead. <laughs> you know, in the midst of all these non-events which the film clearly thinks are events, uh-huh. there's just no struggle or strife or schism. We don't see Gotti like, having to grind, like grind away at becoming this, like, a rising through the ranks. Like, he's just instantly rich and infamous. That's a really good point. He gets like made into a made man yeah. within the first five minutes of this movie. Yeah, and, like, Goodfellas, like, one of the more, most entertaining bits of that is, is Ray Liotta's character learning the ropes of, like, the Mafia. Mm-hmm. And gives that film some of its most iconic scenes. There's not a lot happening in, like, the start of Goodfellas, but it's the rise through the ranks, yeah. which is kind of compelling. And you sort of see the conflict starting with certain members, right? Mm-hmm. Like, with Joe Pesci character, you can tell he's, like, a live wire. Yeah. You know it's going to, like, something's going to go wrong. Mm. So there's a sort of tension there, which this just doesn't have. Yeah. And even the prison scenes, like, he just breezes through them. Mm. Like, oh, easiest stretch of time I ever did. Yeah. <laughs> it's ludicrous. It is awful. I want to talk about the funeral scene because this is one of the worst scenes in this movie. <laughs> we cut to the funeral and Gotti looks around at all the members of the Gambino family that are stood around at Neil's wake. Um, and we hear this voiceover of Neil telling Gotti all the people that will be on board if Gotti tries to kind of go it alone mm. and like kind of take the title of boss. Right. This has already, like, all of these characters have already been mentioned in the previous scene. Mm. Just, like, moments ago, Yeah, Stacey Keach was like, here are all the guys that will be on your team. It is basically a flashback to the previous scene. <laughs> it holds the viewers in such contempt. It is so, so stupid. And my favourite bit of this, Neil, goes, I have no doubt that the other families will back you, but you need the support of the five Boras. And Gotti, Mr. New York, yeah. a man who's lived on the streets for 40 years, Neil goes to him, Brooklyn, Bronx, with his fingers, yeah. like, counting him down, Queens, Staten, Manhattan. Like, he knows. Yeah. I heard that one Beastie Boys song. I know. That's literally the note I was like, mate, I know this yeah. from a fucking Beastie Boys song. <laughs> like, you're not telling me that Gotti needs to be reminded of the five burrs. Yeah. I have a frighteningly similar note, yeah. This is Ludicrous. the dumbest writing I have ever experienced in a Marvel movie. <laughs> By the way, like, finally, the faintest glimmer of plot mm. here. He's like... 
going to take control of the Gambino family. Yeah. Like, oh, is this a story I see? Yes, thank yeah. you. It took us an hour, but we're here. Finally. I, and, like, I basically, I guess, like, the Gambinos are going to hit Paulie. Mm-hmm. Like, a character I don't know or care about because he's been on screen for about 15 seconds so far in this film. He's the boss, and he's not really made any kind of presence felt in this movie. Is this the guy that look, kind of looks like Chris Cooper? I think so. I thought it was Chris Cooper, but it isn't. So they're going to whack him at a steakhouse. Tick. I, I was preemptively ticking off the restaurant face-off thing. Are we counting this? Because it technically takes place outside. <laughs> um, I'm counting it because there's that scene where one of Gotti's, like, crew sort of faced off with one of... Paulie's crew in the restaurant there's right. a sort of distraction while they're whacking him right, okay. outside yeah. so I was like you know what All right, <laughs> I'm giving we'll, that a little tick we'll count that okay so we get this news report now actual archive footage I think mm-hmm. reporting of what just happened we get this fucking this, this anchor this anchor man genius mm-hmm. reporting on the murder of Paul Castellano the murder of Paul Castellano has police looking for the man who did it as well as a motive for it. <laughs> yeah, I should bloody well hope so. Like, that tends to be how, how those things work. Even more on this story later, it's him going, it's thought that the police will use those clicky wrist clasps or handcuffs as they're sometimes known. I love that. There's a murder that's happening actual, in... That's actual archive footage. That is like real stuff. I mean, <laughs> I love it. It's like, we're just getting some... Uh, Breaking news about this murder coming through the tickers here. It's being investigated <laughs> by the police, ladies and gentlemen. I can confirm that during the murder of Paul Castellano, Paul Castellano was killed. <laughs> oh my god. By the way, Paul, big Paul Castellano. Tick. Someone's got a nickname. Okay, right, yeah. So now I guess Gotti is like the head mob dude. Mm-hmm. And we see more archived news reports of like Gotti's infamy, like him being like taken out of court in handcuffs and stuff. Because, I mean, the film can't be bothered doing that itself. Like, could have filmed some new footage of that. No, we'll just use the archive stuff. Of the actual Gotti. Yeah. I mean, it has that much faith in Travolta's portrayal. They're like, (laughs) we'll just put the real Gotti in and no one will tell the difference. Because Johnny's that good. (laughs) Oh, God. So, I, I guess, like, another family, they want to put a hit on Gotti, question mark? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, this is like... This was really complicated, and I had to like look at the plot on Wikipedia to understand this, but apparently one of the people from the five boroughs mentioned before... Now, what were those boroughs again? Uh, Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens, and Staten, from the Battery to the top of Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of them... I don't remember his name. It's something fucking stupid, like Salty. Um, <laughs> he... He had this weird tick where he pretended to be an old man. We saw these, like... Oh, yeah! We saw these, like, weird recurring nightmarish shots of, like, this old man walking down the street. But then it's just, like, some young guy pretending to be an old man. Wow. I, I don't know. Anyway, they thought that was important to include, but he was one of the few people that Gotti couldn't get on board. Right. Uh, and, like, they couldn't ever convince him that Gotti was innocent in the murder of <laughs> Big Paul. <laughs> okay. This is ridiculous, isn't it? So, he tries to whack Gotti now. Mm-hmm. By using a, a car bomb. Yes. Should we talk about the music here? What music did we get? The music we got was license-free stock music. <laughs> However, <laughs> apparent intro to this podcast, man. <laughs> yeah, but we don't have ten million dollars yeah. and Pitbull. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> 
Yeah, Mr. Worldwide did the score first, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Oh and it's all, I mean, it's, it's dreadful. It's dreadful. It really is. It is so, so dreadful. Apparently, like, in the theatrical release, and somebody mm. has, like, a video of this on Twitter, like, this was set to West End Girls by Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently there are a lot of other scenes that are, like, montages that are set to. One was Walk Like an Egyptian when he comes out of the courthouse. Wow. I can't remember the other song that was mentioned. There was another kind of popular song of the era. And this, so this has all been taken out. And this has all been taken out for the home entertainment release. I have no idea yeah. why. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we just get these Casio backing tracks instead, yeah. don't we? I, I mean, I wonder if maybe there was like a licensing issue here. There must have been. That maybe they didn't get the permission for these mm. songs. And when the film came out, someone threatened to sue. Yeah, I think and so. And they were like, oh shit, let's just replace it with some stock music. Which, I mean, isn't Pitbull's score because you can tell it's... Pitbull's score, Jesus Christ. I can't believe I've mentioned I, I can't believe that is a sentence that came yeah. out of my mouth. <laughs> Pitbull's just there with a quill and ink, just like writing these son- sonatas <laughs> and arias. Oh, I told you this on Twitter, I think. Oh, but there's a great interview where, like, I think it's on, like Good Morning America or something, where Travolta and Pitbull are being interviewed. Whoa, and, like, God. the interview is like, So, John, are you a big fan of Pitbull? And, like, like he's got a gun to his head and he's in like a hostage negotiation video. He's like, yeah, he's my favourite. Oh, God. So And Pitbull's just like, I'm just honoured, man, to be part of this film. <sighs> and Travolta is like, Homer Simpsoning his way back into the background. <laughs> it is absolutely cringe. Back, back into his collection of wigs. just. <laughs> so... We are going to count that then. If the if the knockoff who thing didn't count before, we are now counting. I think that's fine. Someone getting killed to a era appropriate song. It's it's the, the there's video evidence of it. Okay. It got removed for some reason, <clears throat> but it's the it existed <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, we should we should say that it's not Gotti that gets killed in this car bomb. Obviously, it's another mobster, the guy that looks like Chris Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um. So now Angelo, remember him. He mm-hmm. tries to sanction a hit on another head of a crime family. Gaspipe Casso. <laughs> Gaspipe Cass- Castle, I think his name was. I thought it was Casso. Okay. We could put Gaspipe Castle. Do you think someone just like read the name Giuseppe wrong? Was like, <laughs> what's that say? Gaspipe? <laughs> Fucking hell. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so Angelo tries to sanction a hit on Gaspipe Castle. Giuseppe Castle. It's an unsanctioned oh. hit, which is a big no-no. We're going to get permission before we go around a murder. <laughs> Gaspipe is, is just like in a car park in his car, and this guy pulls up on a motorbike, and he somehow misses Gaspipe at point-blank range. Mm-hmm. He manages to like wound him. Mm-hmm. Shoot him in the head. It's not that hard. Not that hard. You're stationary as well. It's not like a drive-by or anything. So, Gaspipe now tortures this wannabe hitman for a name, and he confesses to Angelo. Mm-hmm. He confesses Angelo's name. By the way, this guy, Angelo, large guy, hasn't been mocked for his weight. No, I thought he was going to be called, like, I don't know, Angelo Fatso or <laughs> something. Yeah. But no. Kudos film. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, body positive, <laughs> to the very least. Yeah. So, 
Remember how we were in 1999 at one point? Uh-huh. Welcome back. Hey. You know, we hadn't been here for like half an hour. And they're still bickering about this fucking plea deal. You only get 20 minutes, mate. Oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. So we get a voiceover. By the way, we've not mentioned there's been narration all the way through this film. The narration feels tacked on mm. in post. Definitely. Is this the uh, scene of Angelo's... Yeah. Funeral. So he was. Oh well, yeah. Based, oh, no, before that, we get we get narration from Travolta from Gotti saying, "If you wanna, if you wanna really get someone, don't hurt them a little. Get them so they never come back." So now we have Gotti going to see Angelo, saying, "You're on the shelf for life, whatever that means." And I guess he just, just fired from the mafia. <laughs> sits there and does the accounts. Yeah. Picks Here, up the phone. Here's a pink slip. You're fired. <laughs> He's on garden leave. I think that's what literally what it is. Yeah. I think he's just like, he just is on the payroll. But. And I don't want you going to no rival crime families. <laughs> You're on gardening leave. <laughs> How does Gotti keep ending up in court? We have another court scene. I'll put this out there. At risk of, you know, there are living Gotti family members out there, but I'm yeah. willing to, I'm willing to say this. Gotti, not a great gangster. <laughs> Keeps getting caught. Keeps getting caught. <laughs> Probably gonna wind up dead for that, but yeah. the show's coming to an end, so won't be missed too much. We'll be fine. <laughs> we don't have much uh, coverage in the five boroughs, though. <laughs> so we get, I think Gotti's like being interviewed or something, and he says, I won this trial fair and square. What trial? This is the first we've heard of it. This is a new trial. Again, no charges brought to it. I like this. Does this film think like it's like some like early Terence Malick film where like everything is subtly the plot inf- information is like subtly inferred mm. but it's like done very fluidly and poetically and you're not going like oh right that happened <laughs> Kevin Connolly's great inspiration the new world <laughs> yeah to the wonder really had an effect on him yeah this film's kind of like days of heaven meets boondock saints <laughs> oh, really inspired by that Terence Malick Troy Duffy Brothers in arms. It's it's ludicrous because that is what's happening. Yeah. Nothing is explained. Everything's left to inference, but it's done in a very clunky way. I don't think it's just, I don't even think it's left to inference. I think it's just like just I think the film's just really fucking stupid. Yeah. Just forgot to add this stuff in. <laughs> I mean there was like <laughs> I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, there were like Probably, yeah. There were like nine rewrites of this movie or something over like I don't know, two decades or something, well, something ridiculous like that. And there were so many different directors attached to this at some point. I heard Barry Levinson was supposed to do it. Really? Yeah. I, I, mean, I don't know what happened, why people dropped out. I say that, but then I look at the film and it's yeah. pretty clear why. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I just feel like this has been rewritten and rewritten so much that like that kind of essence, the plot, mm. You know, that kind of... The blueprint's just been completely lost. Yeah. It's it's just a grab bag of, of mafia cliches. Mm-hmm. So now we have... Speaking of which, Junior inducted into the Gambino family. Oh, yeah, he's made a made man, isn't he? He's made man. He's told the rules of the game. Unfortunately, I didn't include this on he, Bada Bingo. We don't sell drugs. Oh, yeah, yeah, I always thought that was, like, a strange thing. That was off-limits. Mm. Everything else, mm. fine. <laughs> Murder as many people as you want. <laughs> but don't be smoking no pot. <laughs> but, yeah, just don't be high while you're doing it. I have, get, again, put, fucking hell, where's this going? 
Mm-hmm. How far do you reckon we were into this film? Probably say our 10, hour 20 then. Yeah, I messaged you at an hour saying, because you were, you were about 20 minutes behind me watching this. Yeah, I was. I messaged you an hour in saying nothing has happened. Uh, let me get this message, because there's quite an interesting thread between us here. Okay, right, yeah. Yeah, I'm an hour in and nothing has happened. I talked about the scorecard for a little bit, and then... So that was... 20 that was at 8 30 and then at 8 40 i got fucking hell i'm so bored that was from me right yeah. 20 arduous minutes to go <laughs> and then this morning um i said what was it <laughs> yeah jesus man it's a special kind of boring a special kind of boring because yeah. it's almost impressively boring this film i don't know how this could be so dull i i thought that we'd at least have you know a good time with this, yeah, as bad yeah. as it would be, and as cliched as it would be. I thought it would, yeah. I thought it would just be like relentlessly cliched, but I, I never expected it to be as painfully dull as yeah, it is. Yeah. I think I I described it to you as like I'm in physical discomfort, <laughs> I th- and it was probably around this scene <laughs> where I kind of said to you like, mate, I just can't go on. I'm gonna have to finish this off tomorrow. Because mm. I was just like, I was writhing. You know when you get that bored that you're like. Yeah. Your skin is crawling. Mm. Your bones feel like they're gonna like want to jump out of your body. That's how I felt watching this. Yeah, it's like mesmerizingly dull to see it go from scene to scene and just repeatedly botch what it's trying to do mm-hmm. is almost, as I said, impressive. And it's no surprise that like this got just ravished by critics. Yeah, and like nobody went to see it. Mm. Oh, this might be a good point. Yeah, to bring it up, bring yeah. up some of the the marketing for this movie um because it took its um marketing strategy from donald trump i think um (laughs) after i guess it would have been maybe a week of it being in theaters and by the way it didn't screen for critics unsurprisingly Mm. so obviously this film just was obliterated it had like a really low rotten tomato score rating people were calling it the worst film of the year i guessing the box office was beginning to drop at this point so the gossy film twitter account took a pretty bold swing and decided to tweet hear it from the people who do you trust the actual people who saw the movie or some trolls behind a keyboard gotti movie in theaters now and posted this fucking video of like fan reactions to the film which is just like i mean like in these like empty theaters where clearly no one has gone to see this movie and it's like i don't know some woman who's just like oh johnny forget about it he's a real gangster yeah and they cut to someone else who's like i don't know fucking like someone's like i'm sure someone's like i thought it was actually gotti <laughs> something like that. i don't know oh yeah well, I, uh, I can't remember if i actually put the quote in you maybe maybe put a clip in it <laughs> all right well john travolta forget about it he did an amazing job he was phenomenal there were times that you really weren't sure whether they were using a clip from the real gotti or travolta john killed it i loved the movie it was excellent it's a true gang he really portrayed a true gangster my favorite bit by the way is the um they cut to this one guy who just goes wow and that's all they show and like you don't show anything that comes after it and i really hope that someone like it was like so what do you think of the gotti movie you know we're doing this for the marketing material and just went wow that fucking sucked (laughs) you're just like cut the the end of that (laughs) just leave it at wow (laughs) oh man this have you ever heard of other film other films doing that well like being like don't trust the critics yeah it's like agro tactics where it's like no 
This film is actually good. You sometimes hear of directors doing it, like in interviews and stuff. Kevin Smith, probably. Ke- maybe. I know the only recent example I can think of is, and we brought up the possibility of adding this film to our worst of 2018 list, but that film, Life Itself, mm. um, the director of that film, after it just it got like terrible reviews from critics at, I guess, Toronto or something, mm. um, basically was just like, look, there are too many white male film critics, and that's why a film like ours has got terrible reviews. They can't feel the movie. They have no emotions. They just want to look at it and analyze it. To which, like, everyone was like, "Hey, here's a whole load of reviews by people of color and women that are also like <laughs> telling you your film is shit." Here, but you can have this quote from Armand White. He loved the thing. And as well, like, people were like, "Yeah, dude, like, A Star Is Born is like one of the top reviewed movies of the year." What are you talking about? Critics aren't like sentimental. <laughs> Which you mean that critics can't, like, enjoy emotional films. Yeah. But you do sometimes hear examples of directors like that. I think maybe, like, that God of Egypt film or something. I can't remember the, the director's name. Alex Pretorius or something. Oh, had, yeah, like, yeah. a big campaign against, like, the critics and mm. stuff. Which is just such a, I don't know, it's such a defensive argument. Yeah. Like, they're not real fans. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> These people who, like get paid a pittance to go and watch movies every day. They don't really like movies. <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy, the marketing for Gotti. <laughs> I love it. So, back to the film. Angelo dies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Been a narration here. Frankly, I think he died of a broken heart. I don't think so. I think it was the cancer, mate. <laughs> also- I, want a, I want a second opinion. <laughs> This voiceover, this is what I said before, where I was like, the voiceover in this film, like, feels tacked on in post. It's like, the voiceover cuts off just after, like, the dialogue starts. Yeah. So, like, there's this weird, like, overlap of John Travolta talking to the grave whilst the voiceover is, like, finishing off. Like, it feels like this was just, like, an afterthought, and they're like, we've not really got a lot of footage. Like, read your line really quick. We'll have to just, like, cut this in somehow. Yeah, they probably did. It probably was an afterthought. They just needed something to, like, link everything together because there's no flow with the plot. So remember the girl that Junior was talking to? Uh, Oh, yeah. It was, like, 40 minutes ago. What happened with her? Junior goes and gets married to the girl. (laughs) Wow, that's it. Shotgun wedding. (laughs) Met her at a box party on the 4th of July, and here they are. And by the way, no mention of a wedding. No. Like, previously. We're just at a wedding now. It takes a while to realise that it's a wedding yeah. as well. There's, like, just some guy singing what I, I guess is probably, like, a Frank Sinatra song or mm. something. A bunch of mobsters stood around watching him, and then I was like, uh, what, what are they doing here? Are they just out for, like, a fancy meal? What's going on? And then they yeah. descend the, the staircase mm. in, like, full tux and, yeah. and dress. And again, I was still thinking... It was it was being smart alecky and it, you know inferring stuff and yeah it, 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 in, instead it just looks like a poor editing job like mm-hmm. that's all it is I, I don't think oh it, yeah no it is I don't think it is trying to be clever no god no so oh look Gotti's on trial again oh wow how did we get here beats me because the film tells instead of shows it. I mean, it at least tells you this time what he's on trial for, oh, which okay. is the murder of Big Paulie, the previous boss. Right. This is the one time that the film actually elects to tell you why he's on trial. And coincidentally, it's like another mobster. Like, again, I I think this kind of backs up my theory that it's like, oh, yeah. you know, we got to show that Gotti was like a hero. He's a good guy. Robin Hood folklore. He only killed 
the bad guys. Mm. He's also aged considerably between the <laughs> wedding and this trial. I mean, it's just like, this is the next scene. I don't know if there's been a <laughs> jump in time, but like that black bloop of hair is now grey. <laughs> He's pulled their fucking uh, Leland Palmer. He's gone, gone, <laughs> hair's gone white overnight. <laughs> Great reference. But yeah, we're, we get, so... We've already had one informant. We have another informant, Sammy, oh. Sammy the Rat. Like, they've used the informant thing twice. His real name is like his nickname, Sammy the Bull. More so, like Sammy the Rat. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the guy, by the way. Like, do you remember before in a nightclub with those two shady gangsters yeah. that he was talking to, and he said he didn't trust him because he did, he hadn't done time. Mm. Hey, this is this guy. Yeah, that's him. Like, he's not been here. Where has he been for the last like? hour and 15 minutes wow and following on from that zinger sammy the rat we get we get another bit of a gotti stand-up don't we god yeah so gotti gets sent down five life sentences and a 50 dollar court charge or something Mm -hmm. hey your honor the five life sentences is okay but the 50 dollar surcharge that's a bit too much and then he turns to the courthouse and goes like (laughs) as if to say like am i right Oh, like he's practicing his five at the comedy store. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a tight five. They're all courtroomed gangs. <laughs> Again, like, is this like, you know, even when he's being sent down mm. for five life sentences for murdering a man, gotta make him look cool. Yeah. Gotta glamorize this somehow. <sighs> and like, he's in prison now and I was like, oh, thank God, a change of scenery. Could have been mined for something interesting. Got he like, how is he faring in prison? No, oh, I don't know because all we see is him just behind bars. No interaction with other inmates. Probably it probably would have been cliched, but it would have been entertaining maybe. Maybe. And now we have this this um, montage. Oh, this is. I mean, was this nothing else matters by Metallica? <laughs> I'm not like too. I'm not a massive fan of Metallica, and certainly not the Black Album. I called it stock license free new metal music it's uh, like an instrumental I think it's nothing else matters it's, wow. but it sounds like a cover it doesn't sound like the studio version mm-hmm. over this montage which is just as weak as fuck Junior's now being targeted oh and here's his wife again to be like look what you're doing to the family yeah. you're tearing our family apart Johnny <laughs> like like there she is again being the moral compass yeah so now Junior's arrested to his lawyer he says he wants to leave the life of crime and now we are finally caught up to the 1999 bit from the start of the film. Thank God. By the way, they also mentioned, just a little, it's not really that important, but Junior mentions in the interview that his dad's dying. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I need to make peace with him, Dad, because he's dying and, you know, i got to sign this thing. And I was like, what? what? Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll go back here. Record scratch. <laughs> he's dying. You could have mentioned this. Yeah. How? Why? Oh, to actually, Since when? It is, no, it is mentioned at the start. Oh, really? Yeah. Because there's that grey bit of dialogue. Because you know his face oh. is all mangled up? All right. Gotties, and he's like, Yeah, they had to take some skin from my left tit and put it... <laughs> <laughs> and put it on my face. So I'm laughing because I remember it and thinking, that's weird. Why would you do that? <laughs> I didn't make the connection. <laughs> I just thought it was, I don't know. I don't know why. Oh, so that is a nipple. I thought it was just a mole. <laughs> it's got a really conspicuous spot under it. Oh, like, my God. Is that a spot, Dad? No, it's my left nipple. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, he is, he is dying. And, like, his cancer is worsened to the point where morphine 
is no longer working. And, like, I can't believe that Gotti is doing life at this point. Because there's been no sense of the scale of this guy's criminal activities. Because we haven't seen any of it. He hasn't been involved in any criminal activities in the movie. No. Or there's nothing about how he got infamous. (laughs) Or... He killed a, a some some lad in a bar and conspired to rob some tapes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow, big crime boss. It's unreal, isn't it? Is this why? I mean, the budget's only ten million dollars. Like, they didn't have the budget to like film any of these activities or something. I I honestly don't know. I have no idea what is going on. And like, by the way, speaking of like that budget, like. I don't know why I didn't bring this up earlier, but it shows in this movie. This is one of the ugliest looking movies Mm. I have ever seen. It's just, it looks like a nightclub bathroom, the way it's lit. Do you remember it's kind of lit in like, kind of piss colour green and yellow? (laughs) Yeah. It's awful. It's just like really horrid on the eye. Mm. No, no style to this at all. That's why I like when he's in the prison. I was like, oh yes, a bit of like change of scenery, like actual color because you get the orange jumpsuit. (laughs) But no, we just go back to the green and the brown, and yeah, Gotti dies. Yeah, that's it. And then real life, real life talking heads say how great of a man Gotti was. This was like this is where this film kind of pushed me over the edge from just being like painfully bored to being angry at the movie this is like sentimental version of house of the rising sun that plays over the funeral procession oh it's a cover isn't it couldn't get the actual version of course not um and then you just see these kind of vox pops that show the support that he had in the community one man literally goes i mean he didn't kill normal people he just killed his own kind (laughs) like oh that's all right then exactly i was like oh great that makes it all better then yeah yeah like Enough- Framing him as this sort of hero, mm. and then some other guy is like, you know, he be, you know, at least he protected the community. Now I've got all these street punks running yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, Like the argument that this film makes is like, thought he was a hero because yeah, he was bad, but he wasn't as bad as some other people. Mm. This is basically one step away from being like, yeah, but he wasn't Hitler. <laughs> like he didn't commit genocide. He just came, killed a few dozen people, probably. <laughs> yeah. And therefore frames him as this, I don't know, hero of some golden age of of Italian crime family mafioso gangbanging. It's just ridiculous. And then there's that bit, like that white text on the black background that's like, it took 100 hardened criminals to testify against Gotti Jr., but they couldn't get the job done. Oh, God. And then he cuts... And by the way, the plea deal is a hundred (laughs) years. Lol. (laughs) I know. Five to seven. (laughs) Yeah. Because there is a, there is a, there's a little bit more before the credits roll. We have Junior's lawyer in court defending Junior, playing up his family man side and says that the government refuses to see the truth or something, blah, blah, blah. Somehow he beats the charges. Uh, and and by the way, Dead Gotti is still narrating at this point. Does the lawyer go like, bring him home, bring him home, yeah. like he's in like fucking Saving Private Ryan, <laughs> and that convinces the cause, I guess. He goes free, reunited with his family, and we're back on we're back at the opening shot of Gotti 
next to this bridge. Is this the ghost of Gotti? Yeah, this is like the afterlife. Like the start and end of this film of Gotti in the afterlife, which is just him like stood next to a New York bridge. <laughs> That's how great New York is. It's literally heaven. <laughs> Greatest fucking city in the world. <laughs> hey, didn't I tell you? <laughs> Gets to the pearly gates and it's the fucking Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> God's like, hey! <laughs> oh! it slaps him on the neck and gives him a kiss on the cheek. We've been waiting for you, Johnny. Come in, salute. <laughs> hey, you say hello to my man Saint Petey on the way here. <laughs> Saint Petey. <laughs> God. <sighs> yeah, he's like a and he's like a bouncer, like you in this big bomber jacket. Like, hey, your name's not on the list, Buster. So. <laughs> And then Gotti turns to the camera and says, There'll never be another one like me if you live to see 5,000. Good! (laughs) (laughs) Going back to the Hitler analogy, it's like him saying like, Hey, I may have been bad, but you know. You never see another man like me. No one's going to compare to me. I know I'm taking that to like, I know it's logical conclusion there, but fucking hell. I mean, this film is awful, isn't it? By the way, even in a film as padded out and leaden as this, they still have 10 minutes of credits. Really? Hmm. I heard a bit of a Pitbull song and checked out. Yeah, yeah, Pitbull comes up, yeah. I mean, I don't really have a lot more to say about it. This is just, like, interminably dull. Thought we'd go into this and get some yucks out of the kind of so bad it's good, mob movie cliches, etc., etc. But, like, what I didn't expect was for this to just be a mess of plotless insipid nonsense with no real conflict no real drama no character arcs just this kind of wikipedia entry of a movie as i described it before and like with this just weird reverence for for gotti which is so misjudged i mean yes goodfellas is stylish Mm. and yes it does take its time to kind of immerse you in the world of the mob and sort of create characters that you like but it's very aware of how dangerous it is as well and ultimately kind of shows you the ugly side Mm. towards the end and makes no effort to glamorize it and the same goes for pretty much every mob movie right the sopranos to the godfather to casino Mm. but this i mean it's idea of of glamorizing mob life and creating this sort of robin hood figure in the form of john gotti is just ludicrous (laughs) really like morally and ethically confused yeah and at one like on one hand it's sort of you know holding his son on a pedestal for like leaving the the crime family life behind and going to his family and atoning for his sins and then on the other hand it's you know putting his father on a pedestal mm. for you know being the head of a family that will have caused a lot of violence and death it's so it's so all over the place yeah. but like even just that aside, like, this is an ugly-looking, terribly written, poorly edited movie that is just a total waste of your time to watch. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I've got quite a lengthy summary, actually. Yes. Uh, it's a, a rudderless, 100-minute slog that somehow improves the standing of even the dullest films that we've watched on this show. It is insane to me. And given the source material, we somehow have a film this boring. Mm-hmm. This film, basically, imagine the dullest parts of all your favourite mob films, staple them together without any sense of coherency, and you have this film. So after a fun, kind of fun opening, which I thought that was a, a sign of things to come, 
The film pumps its brakes so hard, it's practically reversing. <laughs> it plays more like a collection of mafia parody skits, a long-form montage that can't even do something as simple as show the audience what's happening. Yeah. And as far as Travolta has got, there's nothing threatening or fearsome or sinister about him, because we don't get those scenes. There's like one bit where he like chews out some like random mobster, mm-hmm. and then that's like that's never brought up again. Sorry um, to interrupt your summary, but we never really talked about Travolta. He is terrible yeah. in this movie. Mm. Everybody overacts in this, but Travolta particularly it yeah. is a woeful performance. <laughs> it's just him mumbling to other mumblers. <laughs> about the shit they're going to do. Like, there's no sense of a legacy or anything. And, like, you know, compare this film to a similar, fairly recent film, Black Mass. Don't know if you saw that. I did. Depp plays Whitey Bulger in, an, in a way that where he is obviously the enemy. He's obviously a bad guy. He's unhinged and intense and frightening. And here we don't. In fact, there's no sense that what he's doing is bad. Because the film is just that poorly told. You know, and then the film, as you say, turns into this weird tribute to Gotti, which seems to paint the man as someone that really wasn't that bad, you know? (laughs) Uh, Is he the good guy? Is he the bad guy? The film doesn't and can't decide. Mm -hmm. It's not, as you say, it's not a so bad, it's good. It's trash across the board and avoid this like the fucking plague. Yeah, I agree. Hard agree. So with that, we will go to our Bada Bingo cards. Yes, let's do it. How many did you tick off? And we'll read out things that we included on the card but didn't appear in the film. So, I've got Salou. Mm. Obviously, New York City, greatest seat in the world. First line. First line. Characters called Paulie, Vinny, or Nicky. Mm-hmm. Everyone has nicknames. Mentor, rookie relationship. Character turns out to be informant. Restaurant face-off. Mm-hmm. Hot-tempered monster. Overt hand gestures which there are plenty of, and the obnoxious Travolta wig. I don't think... You spotted one that I didn't. It was mob movie references. There was a scene of... Um, and childhood flashback. There was a childhood flashback too. There's a couple of ones that are sort of teetering on the edge there as well, like we said, the strip club. Yeah. We do get a shot of Vicky's cooking when her son gets knocked off the bike. I saw that. We had on here references to grandma's cooking. Sadly, didn't come up. No. What we didn't get, mm-hmm. first of all, I'll get your shoe in the stove. <laughs> Forget about it. I can't believe mm. that that didn't get, get mentioned. Wow. I'm shocked. Mm-hmm. Other things? Hey, I'm just busting your balls, kid. I'm stunned, too. I can't believe we didn't get that. Thought that would come up. Girlfriend, mistress, chewing gum. Yeah. No, no mistress. There wasn't really any mistresses in this. No. I thought he'd have some affair or something. Yeah. And just be one knows like, Gotti, what are you going? Yeah. <laughs> no, like that. Yeah. So strip club scene. Mm. No, in a club with some scantily clad women. Not Doesn't quite there. Obesity is mocked. Nope. Capiche. I, I, that is unbelievable. No one says capiche after a threat. Lots of uh, the next one's kiss of death is administered. Lots of kissing. Lots of death. Not no kissing Yeah, no <laughs> correlation between the two. Yeah. This is my last job and then I quit. Nothing like that. No. No racial epithets. Good, I'm glad that it's kind of progressed into the 21st century <laughs> and we decided to cut those out. It could have easily done it, to be honest. And finally, baseball bat attack. No. No. Got a bar stool. <laughs> but you... not a baseball yeah. bat. Well. So I, I think we got... It's 11? Yeah, I got 11. 
11 out of 20. 5? 11 out of 25? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty poor. Yeah. As in the film is pretty poor for for having 11. <laughs> you think it should have more? I mean, I would like it for it to have more. <laughs> you can't even do that. I'm surprised. No, I, I, I'm surprised that we didn't get a forget about it. I'm surprised that we didn't get a... I'm a busting your balls, kid. But yeah. nevertheless, I think it's a pretty big indictment of how cliche this movie is that we could sit down on together like separately mm. and just on Twitter DM each other yeah. 25 things that we thought would happen in this movie and almost half of them happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. So with that, should we take it to IMDb? Sound the alarm. Let's begin with a 1 out of 10 review. Oh, I didn't have any negative ones. Really? Oh, you'll love this one all. From Jeff44082, who said, Gotti director, wax own career. <laughs> Brilliant. A suspect in his own demise, director Kevin Connolly's career as director just came to an end and was sent swimming with concrete shoes. <laughs> nice. That's it. Short, sweet, to the point. Damning. <laughs> so this one from Yurlo says, Excellent. Theatre was packed. Some laugh out loud parts. This is a positive review, by the way. Oh, like, they thought that was intentional. Yeah. <laughs> Clapping at the end. What is wrong with the critics? All the raves about Travolta are justified. I expect him to do a great character, but was thrilled at how terrific he is as Gotti. I never felt he was portraying Gotti. I felt he was Gotti. Wow. This movie did not glorify Gotti. <laughs> yes, it did. Ridiculous claim. That's insane. It showed he could seduce shallow people like Al Capone did. Still happens with today's gangsters slash rappers. Mm-hmm. Very broad stroke there. So what? Doesn't glorify Gotti. And so he had a wife and five kids he loved. And that humanises him, supposedly? Nothing at all makes Gotti human here, right to the second he dies. Uh, is this... Has he changed his tune halfway through this? I feel like he started off on a point and then argued himself the other way (laughs) the film's just so bad you cannot even argue for it without turning against it (laughs) he's like i'm gonna come to this film's defense got a sentence in and was like you know what (laughs) starting to think maybe this isn't so great god i have a 10 out of 10 review here from wise 40311 a lot of numbers coming up here i've got this one too really uh i think they saw the Gossy Film Twitter account yeah. uh, and were convinced by the marketing to go and see this because the headline of the review is Critics are pyjama boys who are feminised. <laughs> this movie is for alpha males. Enough said. Love the movie. The real gangsters are our corrupt government. The people in Gotti's neighbourhood loved him which they showed in real footage. No order in the streets when he was gone, just like what's happening in Chicago every day. Dumb kids that have no respect. Grow some bee and go see this movie. Love it, bit of rhyming there. <laughs> Grow some bee, go see this movie. Use your movie card pass. <laughs> so your movie pass card. Grow some bee. So that's grow some balls, obviously. I suppose, yeah. Self-censoring there. What a hard man. <laughs> but of course. The thing is, like, do bros aren't going to enjoy this film because it's just utterly boring. Like, yeah. it's not going to appeal to them because there's no action in it or anything. Oh, yeah. Fucking hell. They'd be better off sitting at home and misunderstanding Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Putting Fight Club on. 
Oh, Scarface. That's like the ultimate yeah. misunderstood movie oh where people are like, how great is Tony he? Tony Montana's the fucking coolest guy in the world, man. That film is not subtle either about... Yeah, it's not good either. It's, it's not good. Love my boy Brian DePe, but... It's crap. That is possibly his worst movie. Wow, that's saying something. No, bonfire <laughs> oh, vanities. Oh, yeah, okay. I take that back. <laughs> I thought you were just having a swing at my Brian there. <laughs> Our Brian. So, this one here from G. Tortola, which the phrasing, you know, and verbiage of this brought to mind a certain president. Okay. So, should I... Do you want Bill me Clinton. To... <laughs> <laughs> no? I did not... <laughs> Watch, Watch that movie. movie. <laughs> so, do you want me to do it in his voice? Uh, go on, why not? Great movie, <laughs> real story, real film. I truly enjoyed this movie, and John Travolta gives a superb interpretation of John Gotti. It's a true story, and obviously the movie has specific <laughs> dynamic that gives the, gives the all movie the climax and structure. It's the real life of Gotti, and it's well represented in the movie. I highly recommend this movie. Top film. No cohesion. (laughs) (laughs) Can can I just do the next one as Trump? It's a short one. Yeah, go ahead. From Andre Adonis. Audiences love Gotti. All the critics are wrong, because audiences loved Gotti. Oh, my God. And the last one is from... Thomas Sarlin, 36463. Uh, underrated, I love this. This film is something the industry has needed for a very long time. John Travolta is great at depicting, which he's spelt with a lot of eyes. Um, John Travolta is great at depicting Gotti in this true story, and the movie has a bit of everything. Emotion, violence, great acting within a true story. I have learned not to believe the media. What do you think comes next? Fake news. Yep. Wow. Definitely some sort of alt-right yeah. campaign going on here in order so, to, I don't know, boost Gotti's IMDb score, so which is a weird hill to die on. Yeah. <laughs> bizarre. Very bizarre. Build the wall, shut down Obamacare, get Gotti above a six on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Make Gotti alive again. I don't know. <laughs> Brilliant. So, thank you, I guess, to the IMDb there. And Dan, it's time mm. to reveal the final film that we are going to be watching on this show. And you know what this is? Obviously, I know what it is. Mm-hmm. We've, we discussed this one, and we do think it's tailor-made to wrap up this show with. Because our final film is not is one we're picking not so much for its quality, or lack thereof, but more for its infamy as perhaps the biggest flop of the 90s. One whose production was beset by a number of production woes, which we will definitely go into in the episode. Nevertheless, as always, here are some critical notices. Curtis Quentin from Independent on Sunday says, A mess masquerading as a movie. <laughs> Ken Hanker, Mountain Express, great publication, <laughs> says, Lives down to its legend. Barbara Schulgasser, San Francisco Examiner, ugly, loud, and stupefyingly absurd. Wow. And finally, Michael Dakina from the moviereport.com, nearly $200 million down the drain, and you get this astonishingly mediocre action wannabe epic. So, starring Kevin Costner, Dennis Hopper, he's back, 
and directed by Kevin Reynolds, the Video Negative podcast will be concluding with the 1995 post-apocalyptic science fiction action film, Waterworld. How could we not finish with this movie? How could we not? This is the perfect movie. It uh, encapsulates everything we've done on this podcast. And, you know, we said that, you know, there's not a lot of films left now that we kind of thought, oh, we've got to get around to that. We've got to get this one. But this is, Mm -hmm. this is one of them. This is the one, arguably. Yeah, this is, this is like, yeah, exactly. The one that stood out without a doubt. Yeah, this has been there from the beginning, Mm -hmm. waiting to be... I was going to say, I don't know, we might have some surprising thoughts on it, maybe we'll like it. Maybe. I shouldn't judge too early, Yep. but it's been there on our list from the very beginning. Mm. Really looking forward to doing this one. It's on Netflix. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Change the habit of a lifetime, though. <laughs> Finally, we've got the... It might be taking the last episode, but <laughs> I'm going to watch this one for free. And you mentioned last time we met up that there's some sort of re-release? There is. I don't know the details of it. I'll bring it with me for the next show. But I believe that this is a re-release which restores a lot of footage that hadn't been there. I don't oh, know if it's God. a director's cut or some assembly cut mm. a la Alien 3, but... Um, a lot of stuff that was left on the cutting room floor has made its way back into the movie. I think it might be out this week by the time this film's released. Oh, really? So, I don't know. But a lot of people thinking, you know, maybe this is going <laughs> to kind of bring together this film that never was. Maybe wow. there is a hidden masterpiece in there. God. Something tells me they might be wrong. <laughs> but um, I think it's already quite long as it is. So this potentially longer version... Ouch. Yeah, I know. We will discuss this in, in detail okay. in the next episode. So that's mm-hmm. one thing you can look forward to. Yeah, so there we go. 1995's Waterworld. It's mm. going to be a fun episode, I think. It's going to be a weird episode. Yeah. Bittersweet. Bittersweet. That is definitely the word. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to have some sort of closing thoughts on the show. Maybe a bit of a Golden Raspberry-esque sort of yeah. awards. What was the worst? Who was... Who was the worst actor, that sort of thing. We should I think, do. I think we've learned a lot from this. I think we, mm. we're in a quite unique position, having watched so many of these weird obscurities of the 90s, to mm. talk about this sort of weird little subgenre of filmmaking. Yeah. So it'd be good to kind of round up our thoughts on this and mm. talk through some of the, the highlights and lowlights of, of the era. Mm. I'm looking forward to discussing it, but yeah, kind of... It's weird it's come around. Mm. Wow. And if you want to listen to more episodes of the podcast, you can find everything at soundcloud.com forward slash video dash negative. You can also find us on Stitcher. Just type in video negative podcast and you'll find us there. And you can also find us on iTunes. If you have the iTunes app on your phone, on your tablet, on your desktop, just look for video negative podcast and you'll find all of our episodes there. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button too. It means every time we upload a new episode, it will go straight to your device. And if you do like what you hear, be sure to leave a rating or a review on the iTunes store. It's the best thing you can do to help us out. Boosts up the rankings. Not that we need rankings anymore. Gets more eyes and ears on us. Again, useless. And makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside. All you manage our social media accounts. You manage the Video Negative Podcast Facebook page. You are our man on the at Video Negative Twitter account. Mm-hmm. If you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at Daniel Sarah. Until then, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Peace. Salut. <laughs>
And remember, if you like to listen... <laughs> Teat. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do... Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Here we go.